Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And on this show, we are reading Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. And this week, we are back to talk about chapters 49 and 50 of Children of Dune. I don't really have a quip for this uh, for this uh, these chapters, so we're just here to talk about them. We're just little melons. Yeah. Just a couple just of little, little melons. melons. Yeah. My little <laughs> batik. <laughs> It's so oh, adorable. what a chapter. Yeah, so <laughs> awful. Yeah, these oh, we're we're getting into it now because I know I say yeah. that every week, but Lato's, Oh, but this is really it. This, like, yeah. We were full disclosure to listeners, we were we were originally gonna do, you know, record two episodes tonight, but we're both just not here for it. Yeah. <laughs> but we are into like we are into the stuff. Like stuff is happening. I will just uh, give you a spoiler from our chat, which was just Bo saying, Leto Atreides is Venom. <laughs> so take that as you will. You, you made me laugh. <laughs> With the, Eddie, we are converted. <laughs> Eddie. Redacted. <laughs> Any quote becomes a funny Venom quote if you start it with Eddie. It does. <laughs> Look, like, I know that those movies are not good, but I enjoy them very much. They're very good. And if yeah. you say... You want Taco Bell, Eddie, we want Taco Bell. And then it's yes. a funny Venom quote. <laughs> Although I would not want to be responsible for paying for the amount of Taco Bell that Venom could probably eat. No, I mean, I feel like me and Venom would probably be uh, pretty on par, though, with how much we Taco Bell we could <laughs> eat. So, no judgment. <laughs> oh, no, no judgment. No judgment, Venom. I just, that's, <laughs> whew. A credit card starts to get pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have <laughs> you. I've publicly said I think I believe on this show that I have before ordered like a uh, Postmates like a hundred dollars worth of Taco Bell when I got like pretty drunk one night. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, <laughs> and a hundred dollars will get you a lot of fucking Taco Bell. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's yeah. the best bag for your buck right there. Mm-hmm. As much as I love some other fast food, you're not. It's just not going to do what Taco Bell can do for you when you're on a budget. Yeah. Taco Bell, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> just going to put that out there. We love you, Taco Bell. Yeah, please sponsor us. Please, please, Taco Bell. I can talk about you on TikTok, <laughs> I guess. That's what the Kip kids do. My TikToks are not <laughs> yeah. exciting. I can never no, understand how anything works. I'm so old. I was trying to use some filter that was one of those quiz ones the other day and like my screen wouldn't cooperate. So I was just like bobbing my head for no reason. So I was like, you know what? I guess this is not going to happen. No one needs to know which celebrity I would marry, I guess. Because <laughs> every time I move my head, it does nothing. And my first two options were both terrible. So it was like, I have to get past these. <laughs> right. It was like some some musician I'd never heard of. And Tom Holland, who is a child. <laughs> right. I know he's really not, but he is to me. So it was just sort I of mean, like, eh, eh, oh. He, he does seem very small still. I know he's an adult man, okay? It's the problem of being, like, very good at a role where you're playing, like, a 17-year-old. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he is a pretty good Peter Parker, and Peter Parker's like, oh, gosh, gee, you know. Yeah. <laughs> especially his Peter Parkers, particularly. Yeah, especially his. Because <laughs> I will say, as much as they were the ones, you know, I kind of, I don't want to say grew up with because I was in my 20s, but, you know, Tobey Maguire was never a teen. No. <laughs> Those first ones where they're like, I'm in high school. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> I know no. you're not. I'm sorry. And even as much as I love Andrew Garfield, like that Spider-Man, not in high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. You were, you were in your third year of college, at least. Like, just start with him in college. Like, it's really mm. okay. We can deal with it. We don't have to see Batman's parents die every time. We don't have to oh see him God. become Spider-Man every time. Well, that's my plan tonight is to watch the Batman on HBO so I can find Ooh, out. Yeah, if they- I, gotta, I gotta do that, too. Yeah, if they're going to include that awesome backstory yet again. I think they didn't this time. Woohoo! I think I I Progress. read that, that this time we are spared the Waynes mm. and their demise. I think they figure we know. Because we know. <laughs> and I know she knows. <laughs> Sorry. That song's just been in my head since so, yesterday it's a good anyway. Song. Yeah, it is. Uh, that is nothing uh, to do with Dune. We're terrible. No. Uh, um, yeah, we don't really, <laughs> this This is a really long chapter, and it's is. kind of rough <laughs> in places. It's very and... long because it's it's a very descriptive chapter. This one in particular. Well, here, yeah, I, I'll let, like, I'll let you do the epigraph, but, like, I, <laughs> I have some things to say about Shulok and all of that, that I'm gonna, I might have a little bit of a rant in me. Ooh, all yeah. right, all right. <laughs> okay. First, we have this very kind of snippy epigraph. <laughs> uh, so this is from a letter to Chum attributed to the preacher. So he's also, he's not just preaching. He's also writing snippy emails to companies. <laughs> yeah. Like, could we, could you just calm down? You're retired. <laughs> okay. He's on a lot of Facebook comment threads of your local right. news. Okay, boomer. <laughs> What you of the Chome Directorate seem unable to understand is that you seldom find real loyalties in commerce. When did you last hear of a clerk giving his life for the company? Perhaps your deficiency rests in the false assumption that you can order men to think and cooperate. This has been a failure of everything from religions to general staffs throughout history. General staffs have a long record of destroying their own nations. As to religions, I recommend a rereading of Thomas Aquinas. As to you of Chom, what nonsense you believe. Men must want to do things out of their own innermost drives. People, not com- commercial organizations or chains of command, are what make great civilizations work. Every civilization depends upon the quality of the individuals it produces. If you over-organize humans, over-legalize them, suppress their urge to greatness, they cannot work and their civilization collapses. Just he's very mad at capitalism. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, he's making some points, but he's also just writing. Yeah, writing a letter. You know, it's like I, I'm not gonna like. There's a certain politician and who I agree with the this person in all of what they say. Like I totally agree with them, but they're followers. <laughs> Mm, are mm, so mm. obnoxious that it makes me not want to hear a, di- a goddamn word they have to say. So, 
Um, So that would be the preacher to you, basically. Yeah. You'd be like, this preacher makes some good points, but yikes. But, oh my God, the people that, you know, like, defend him (laughs) to their dying breath. Well, the thing with these last few chapters, too, is that nobody's loyalties are to anyone they say. So it's just like Mm -hmm. someone will be quoting the preacher to your face and then behind your back, they're like, psych. I was with Ollie all along. Uh, (laughs) There are people who think, well, you know, I thought I I knew what I was doing with my life, but this nine-year-old's making some great points. (laughs) So, I mean, everyone is everywhere, but I'm glad the preacher took time out of abandoning his children and his family to write diatribes to Chome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thumbs up, Paul. Thumbs up your eye. (laughs) I saw someone on Facebook that was like, was anyone surprised when it was revealed that Paul was the preacher? And it's like, no, I mean, I was hoping someone would be like, I was. Because I'd be like, I need you to come on our show and tell us how. Yeah. (laughs) Explain yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Although, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Frank to just produce a new character out of thin air. Oh, for sure. He thought it was Paul, but no, it's this other guy. Like, oh, him. (laughs) It's a real George R. R. Martin move. Yeah. Actually, I, I just uh, read a book this last week. It's called um, Night Shift. And it, that's kind of like <laughs> exactly one of the plot points was there's this person and you think, oh, it's this person like all along at, at the end. It's like, nope, just a random, pr- just a random guy, <laughs> <laughs> like not related to anything having to do with the story at all. Uh, so you know always satisfying when that happens if it's if it's believable then i like it because sometimes especially when you get into series you get a little like who is it yeah i mean it wasn't bad it wasn't a bad book it's just you know i don't think it was super memorable hence my controversial opinion of the ending of the second season of the mandalorian when i sat in my office and went oh it's luke skywalker (laughs) <laughs> yay yeah i saw the the cgi you know well there's that the, aspect of it also that, i saw that i think on tiktok or something and i was like <laughs> yeah a lot of people wanted it to be sebastian stan but he's got a mm. lot on his plate right now he's too busy eating ass <laughs> literally Literally. Literally. Watch yeah. Fresh, guys. Watch fresh. That's all we're saying. Fresh is really good. Uh, I respect his commitment to now just being like, what wild and wacky project can I be in? <laughs> oh, so sh- I guess we should get into this chapter. Yes. This fucking Put chapter. Put Sebastian so- Stan in Dune and also let's oh. talk about this chapter. Who would he play? Um, I don't even know, honestly. Yeah. Oh, you know, hmm, hmm, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. So we don't Good get question. a lot. We'll, we'll ponder that we'll for ponder later. That. We'll find, we'll find him a slot. We'll yeah. just, we'll bring somebody out of, mm-hmm. out of the dust. We'll unwrap I mean, them. he could potentially be a Ferratin. Like maybe a slightly yeah. older, a Hark Alada, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Or they can just be like, oops, we forgot about the Fenrings till now. Yeah. 
because again, I think of course, you know, yeah, he's doing this real he looks like weird. someone named. He really looks like someone who would be named Farodin. <laughs> I really shouldn't true, just put white dudes into <laughs> into yeah, every slot. <laughs> you know, um, there is that. Ew. Yeah, uh, but we don't even have an Arulin yet, so it's hard to. It's true. I don't know what direction that they're going. I mean, that doesn't necess- necessitate anything about her nephews, right? But why is my child awake? That's a suspicious. <laughs> happening that my husband can deal with yeah uh, hmm. so speaking of children leto is still he's under the sand yeah he came out of his little he's trance. still in his his little trance where he only breathes once a hour or whatever i like that when they talk about him coming out of the trance it's you know described as it's like so meaningful and soft and he just goes from one state of consciousness to another and it's like yeah he's waking up i know i know what that is i know what waking up is um, yeah but he's like oh, i kind of want to stay in this trance i'm like yeah oh, that's yeah. also that's also waking up <laughs> <laughs> i took a nap today and i was like mm, i really want to stay in this trance and not get up like never please <laughs> i'm already thinking about tomorrow morning when i'm gonna wake up and they put no but why yeah <laughs> He digs himself out of the sand dune. Yeah, he uses a little sand compactor thingamajig. Um, it says it's like his six times his body length that he has to go up. So I don't know how tall nine-year-olds nine typically run. It depends, yeah. Yeah. But that sounds like it's a lot of fucking sand. I mean, it's more sand that I would want to deal with. Oh, God. And I'm yeah. assuming I'm taller than him. <laughs> Uh, You're taller than most people. <laughs> I try. Uh, I do enjoy when he looks at all the stars and the constellations and he says, there's your damn universe. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you really are your grandfather's grandchild, aren't that you? That is. That's a real, that's a real Duke Leto <laughs> moment. Right yeah. There. He's going to yell futility <laughs> in a second. Uh, futility. <laughs> Still sad that wasn't in the movie. That could have yeah, been beautiful. Yeah, same. That could have been a moment. <laughs> I don't well, know. it's it's very much conveyed in the performance. Granted, but, granted, yeah. but I mean, if the book spells it out for us, yeah, um, I feel like we're owed it. We yeah, already I lost agree. Drunken Idaho. We could have at least had a <laughs> futility, <laughs> right? Uh, so he's. He really wants to, he wanted to stay in his trance. Now he's considering what path he needs to take. Yeah. Just, you know, a nice moment sitting on the dunes, just kind of looking out at space and thinking like, well, shit. Yeah. I'm in so a real he, situation. He, I think he kind of knows. I think he knows he what he's doing. Because he calls, you know, he plants a thumper. He calls a worm. Or, well, first, he figures out that his, you know, uh, still suit has been sabotaged yeah. and fixes that um and then he calls a worm he calls a worm it's apparently they have types this one's called a growler a growler because it like digs, digs its forebody like the for yeah. the front part of its body in and lets the tail drive i don't know yeah it makes it it makes That's, a sound as it does it it's very I guess, fast i was I, i'm picturing like a snake yeah, you know, I'm a it's, snake. It's, <laughs> a snicky snake. <laughs> um, he's 
directing himself towards a rock formation in the distance. Mm-hmm. And he starts to see uh, vehicles. There's uh, some thopters and a, a spice braider. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, here we go. Here's some people. Yeah. I'm going to have to deal with this. He has written the worm till it's like exhaustive and he hops off of it. It yeah. just stays above ground like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Screw you, little kid. Yeah. And he does talk a little more about its hot wind. So, mm. uh, and he knows that he knows looking out at sort of like this, you know, wild area that this is this is how Arrakis has to stay. Like, this is what has to stay. It can't become green. It can't become lush. Um, that this is the most important thing. So Fremen comes out of the stopter and is basically like, why? It's a tiny little boy. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the <laughs> desert. And he's this like, is... hey, what are, you, what are you doing here, kid? And he says... Well, Leo goes, you know, well, the desert is my home. He's trying to be very traditional, very Fremen. And this guy's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, but, um, you know, kind of looking around like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just hop off that worm? Like, what is happening? Like, what are you doing? And he yeah. calls him uh, Batig, which means, means little melon. melon. Yeah. And it's it sounds cute, but it's actually like kind of derogatory. <laughs> and it means that a little melon offers its water to anybody, so it's basically like yeah. your easy pickings. Yeah. You're just a little melon. <laughs> uh, but I still like that, and I'm going to use it uh, in my everyday life. Honestly, I think it's an adorable term of endearment. Yeah, even if it's a little, you know, it's got overtones that aren't so, so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, so this guy is Muriz. Um, he is the leader of what is obviously a band of smugglers. Or, you know, they harvest spice and trade it to smugglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leto notices that when he uses terminology, he doesn't say that he's, like, the leader of a family. He says, like, you know, right. a group of compatriots. I'm the judge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so these are, like, the, like, rag... These are, like, the outcasts of the outcasts. Yes. And he asks for Leto's name. Leto's just like, yeah, you can call me Bakhti. Like, fine. Um, and mm-hmm. he says, he basically says he's on like a vision quest, like on a walkabout. And the guy's yeah. like, you're a little young for that. Um, <laughs> what do you, what are you looking for? And Leto has name dropped Jakarutu and he didn't really react. So that sort of says more than I think he intended to let on. Mm-hmm. And so Leto says that he's looking for Shulok, which is... Another one of these Fremen, like, it's a story, but it means something. Okay, here I go. Here you go. <laughs> okay, so we already had, like, the storied, forbidden, you know, lost city of the fucking Fremen, and now there's another one? Just, you know, I'm just, one. it. it's, an- this is a very annoying thing. Like, they spent all this time building up Jakarutu as, like, this you know, scary, like, forbidden sort of El Dorado kind of place. And, well, not El Dorado, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a hidden place. And he gets there. is like, oh, yeah, no problem. Found it. And then he finds, like, the very next day is like, oh, hey, I'm at this other super forbidden place that we you're just now hearing about. 
So and like, it drives me crazy. Sorry. Sherlock is like this catch-all kind of, yeah. you know, place where things happen in stories. Mm-hmm. And the story that he's referencing at this point is that there was a a little, like a child was found in the edge of the desert who couldn't speak the language of the mm-hmm. Fremen that found him and didn't talk, didn't eat, didn't do anything. And then finally he just started doing these motions with his hands and no one understood what was happening and like everyone came to look and try to figure out what he was doing and specialists came and experts came and finally this old woman came by and just said oh his father rolls spice fibers into rope and he's imitating him that's what they do in Mm -hmm. shoe lock yeah and it's just i don't this means that people like look too far for answers or look too far into things or can't see the forest for the trees or any number of these things. But so Leto's just like, yeah, I'm the kid from Shulok who can only move my hands. And this guy's like, okay, what's going on with you? Weirdo kid. Are you (laughs) human? (laughs) Cause I would remind you that I'm a judge and can determine if you're possessed or not. (laughs) Cause you're kind of acting possessed right now. (laughs) And Leto's just like, all right, fine. Like, if you want to test me to see if I'm possessed, go for it. Do it, man. Whatever. Yeah. And he's like, that's cool. And uh, <laughs> he says, you know, M- M- Muraz says, like, look, you know what? We'll bring you back with us because you're just a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I should probably just kill you, but you're little <laughs> and I had a son. So, like, I, I feel for you. So I'll bring you back. <laughs> I feel for you. We'll go to Shulok. And yeah. then we'll, you know, we'll convene and decide <laughs> and about you. Leto's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Because uh, I know that's how you, like, take people's water and they never see. And then the, <laughs> if they're missed, you can be like, well, the desert got them, mm-hmm. you know? So and he says, I'm, I'm Leto. I'm the son of Palm Wadib. Uh, and he's he just... totally gets a drop on this big Fremen. Like, oh, you yeah. Yeah. Gets his Chris knife, puts it to his back. <laughs> and he says, he goes, well, how did you know anything about Shulok? Because I know they didn't say that at Jakarutu. And he's like, okay, I've told you I'm Leto Atreides. Like, because, you know, and he has this whole, like, he, he does kind of really lay it out very logically. Because he says, you know, you're here. You know, Shulok has to exist because you're the cast out of the cast outs you're cast out from Jakarutu uh you have to trade because you're collecting spice there would be no point for you to have so much any otherwise that means you have to deal with smugglers and if you're a smuggler who's a Fremen and you're not from Jakarutu then you're from Shulok and he's just like oh yeah I guess perhaps and he says well are you just trying to get me to kill you and he's like you would have killed me anyway I'm on to you man yeah <laughs> like do you how I might be nine, but I'm not an idiot. And then uh it says that Miraz makes the horns of the worm sign, which I would like to assume is just devil horns. Rock I think it's like, you know, yeah, it's like a warding off gesture superstition. Um, because I guess in this part of the the world the Fremens are still very old fashioned and they are yeah. fearful of like anything that uses logic in this way. Like they don't trust Mentats or anything. Well, to be fair, I wouldn't trust a Mentat. 
Hell no. Wig me out. Yeah. And Muraz is insisting that they must have talked about them at Jakarutu because there's no other way. Leto's just like, shash about that. <laughs> like, we're done with that. The important thing right now is that without me, Dune will go green and Shai Halud will disappear forever. So you need to deal with me right now. Like, he's like, don't don't worry about it. He's like, I, I will kill you. I'll take your Thopter because I can fly it. Yeah. And uh, I want you to take me to see my father. And then he's just like, wait, my son. <laughs> That's how you found out about this place, right? And he's like, but. But he says, look, my son is the is the kid who guides the preacher around. And I know you two mm-hmm. have never met. And he's just like, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter. Like, he's still yeah. going to know me. How would so. he know you? And yeah. And, and apparently they've been using Paul all this time. Like, I guess using his prescient vision for like their own benefit in some way. Because he's like, yeah, I know you don't want to like lose that or whatever. And... They apparently, so, there's, I hate, I I don't want to have to pronounce this word, because I don't, (laughs) you've been listening to the audiobook, so maybe you can do a uh, Mm -hmm. pronunciation of this. The Wadquius. Oh, hold on, let me, let me look at it. What page? Let me see. It is why he bites his thumb. It's just like. If you can convince someone to drink your blood, then you're part mm-hmm. of their tribe. So Leto makes this guy drink his blood, and it says, "Yeah." Then, but it, there's a term for it that I cannot pronounce. Yeah, let me see. Da, da, da. I like that Maritz is like, uh, he's like, he's like, "Are you human?" Leto <laughs> says, "As the rest of us." Uh, let's also just gloss over the fact that. Uh, he uses some not great terminology in calling Leto like a little person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. I know it was a different time, but still, good lord. Yeah. Um, hang on, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's Waquias. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What kiss? What kiss? Okay. Yeah. There we go. Everyone's very dramatic in that yeah. reading. Wow. Yeah. This is the same person that's narrated all of the books so far. Uh, but yeah, so they decide they are going to go to Mirage's people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that is where this one ends. But this is actually one of the rare occasions where the next chapter picks up almost immediately after this, even though it's yeah. like four pages long. Uh, yeah. The next chapter is blessedly short, but um, it, it's interesting, I'll say. Because the first, that first chapter was a lot of like, now we have to go to this other place and meet this other forbidding Fremen guy. It's like, yeah. Come on, we, we just did this. We Bo just is done did with this with Namri and Jackarutu. Like, come towns. on, <laughs> deja vu. So, but this is actually, I find this pretty interesting. The sort of Fremen slash smuggler hideout is 
kind yeah. of interesting the way that they live. Mm-hmm. It sounds miserable. Yes, because it sounds like, like it sounds like the pe- a lot of the people that live there don't live there by choice or like yeah. enslaved. I want to say yes. Leto does yeah. know that they have they have slaves. Not great. They're living in more old-fashioned ways, is what he, mm. what he thinks. But we have yet another epigraph for this next yeah. little little chapter. Uh, this is from Kalima, the words of Muad'Dib, the Shulak commentary. <laughs> Special edition on Special Blu-ray. Edition. Criterion collection. <laughs> the future of prescience cannot always be locked into the rules of the past. The threads of existence tangle according to many unknown laws. Prescient future insists on its own rules. It will not conform to the ordering of the Zenzuni nor to the ordering of science. Prescience builds a relative integrity. It demands the work of the instant, always warning that you cannot weave every thread into the fabric of the past. Yep. Yep. I'm going to put that on a pillow. <laughs> cross stitch it oh my god it's a kind of wordy for a cross stitch very very much so <laughs> that would it would get about as far as the future and then i'd be like <laughs> well that's what this says now <laughs> yeah i i have neither the talent nor the patient f- patience for any kind of cross stitch so anyone that could needle point this you have my respect so they're on the thopter Leto is like, you know, kind of going into blind territory now. Like, Mm -hmm. he's basing, he's kind of putting all his eggs into one basket. And that basket is this one, like, bit of vision that he's clinging to. Yeah. He, so Shulok is like a cliff. There's a flat area with cliffs around it. And there are canyons. A butte. Yeah. And there are canyons going into it. And they say later that each of these canyons has a worm. So you can't get yeah. out uh, unless you know what you're doing. Right. And not only are there worms, there's like canals with predator fish. And then there's like canots with sand trout. So there's a lot going on. Uh, it's and they're all living in outdoor buildings like huts and tents mm-hmm. uh not yeah. in in caves and they're not even still tents they're like yeah sort of he thinks of them as sort of proto still tents yeah that they don't they don't retain the amount of moisture that a real still tent or a ch uh manages to hold in and uh you know they let the let obviously because there's they're near water and greenery, then there's going to be insects. So yeah, he's like, so this is how my dad's been living. Cool. And he also knows that poor that Sabia will also be there because she will undoubtedly have been cast out of Jackaroo too for letting him escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he will discover that yes, that is the case. Yeah, uh, she is not thrilled to see him. No. Uh, so he's walking around seeing all this. Uh, Mira's is just like, this is, you, you can't get out of here. Basically, every canyon has its worm. There's sand trout over here, fish over there. Like, you're you're staying here. Uh, Leto also points out that they use these as holding pens because they sell sand trout and worms off the planet, which he yeah. tries to defend as saying, well, that's what the preacher told us to do. 
it was Maudib's suggestion. And he says, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know. It'll never work. And he says, well, maybe it'll work someday. And he's not in 10,000 years. Yeah. Like it's your SOL. It's not going to work. Trust me on this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they go into (laughs) one of the huts and he does. Murray's does not like hearing that at all. No, he does not. Uh, you know, he, cause he's still, they believe that Paul saw the future, but it's sort of a like, yeah, of course he did kind of way. You yeah. know, some people still believe that he could. And a lot of people, it seems are like, can anyone, but now <laughs> here's this kid who seems to be saying things with great confidence. Yeah. So sure enough, uh, they go into this hut and there's poor Sabia. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and she, her reaction to seeing him is to run away. Yeah, which She's I like, find nope. hilarious. Uh, Mirez did not know she was related to Namri, so he's very just like, ah, what did she do? Is that so? And he says, well, she let me uh, get away. Uh, he goes down to talk to her. He's like, sorry, sorry, you hate me. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this is a real trouble. And he also, like, I I dislike this part because Leto is still saying, like, well, maybe, you know, now I'm part of you. You drank my blood. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm part of you now. And I came to try to find my future here in Shulak. And he's just kind of like, oh, you mean like you and her? Hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's his reaction is just to throw his head back and, like, laugh. Which and Leto's just like, yeah, <laughs> embarrassing. What I'm going to do here isn't anything that either of you would believe. So I'm just gonna right. leave it at that. Like, don't worry about it. It's don't get, worry about it's it. It's gonna get real weird. It's gonna get so fucking weird. It's and he's like, Well, you can't escape again. Or uh, can he? Yeah. Yeah. He uh gets teary-eyed and Sabia's astonished by this and Mira's just kind of embarrassed so he's just like I'm gonna yeah. go if you're gonna start <laughs> yeah. crying um oh boy. <laughs> uh, check your masculinity at the door Mira's and Leto says just go go and pray for Dew mm-hmm. uh I will talk to you later and you are not gonna believe what's gonna be going on <laughs> and that is uh, the end of this tiny little chapter because you know what he's not wrong he's not wrong so the next <laughs> chapter does not have Leto in it uh it's not a Leto no. chapter but then he comes right back and oh boy oh boy yeah. he makes some choices although i will say a lot gets revealed in the next chapter so i'm looking forward to discussing that and yeah we have been a little spotty in our <laughs> recording schedule, yeah. but, you know, unavoidable as always. Yeah, it's just one of those things, guys. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. We're doing our best. Uh, but we're here. We're getting to the mm-hmm. very, very end. Uh, next next week, there will be some some weirdness. Oh, some serious weirdness. And it's fun. It's going to get real good. It's gonna it's get real it's gross. Gross. <laughs> it's not like reading it today and visualizing oh. everything was 
extremely yeah. gross for me. <laughs> and it, 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 I it, it, can't it. say I didn't enjoy it because I totally did. Sometimes gross things are pretty funny. That's true. I just saw uh, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, I want to see that so bad. Oh, it's so good. But there are some, there are some like scenes that are kind of gross, but they're, they're gross in a way that are just absolutely hilarious. Okay. So I, you know, gross doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be fun. I mean, it's sort of how I felt watching Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so happy and I know it's a cliche and this mm-hmm. is you know a grant a, a broad I statement, love a cliche but I was so excited to see a horror movie with so much brightness yeah I was like stuff's it happening very... in the day yeah all the rooms yeah well I mean lit. that's that's one of the things I love about Midsummer. Yeah. Is that it's it's all during the day. It's like when you because there's no shadows to hide in, you think it's not gonna be as scary. Whereas you look at like hereditary, which is all shadows. Yeah. <laughs> this like, is the stuff that happens in fresh, you know, you think mm-hmm. that this is not stuff that happens because this is just happening in the middle of like a Wednesday. Yeah. At you know, two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, eighties music is playing. <laughs> montages oh so, i love a montage <laughs> fresh was fun i'm gonna i'm I'm just gonna say it it was fun mm-hmm. it was very fun it was uh sebastian stan was absolutely unhinged and i, I loved it loved it so yeah speaking of unhinged i will say i know that we're not quite to the end end but i am going to promote us being discussing brotherhood of the wolf oh yeah uh on our friends podcast uh oh can you do the rest of that i have to drink something hold on sorry oh yeah yeah of course so um yeah big exciting thing we were guested on shoot the piano player which is a a french new wave podcast it sounds very niche but they talk about a lot of really like super good movies and megan and i were on to talk brotherhood of the wolf which is an extremely long movie that i had not seen since it came out (laughs) and um watched again like no regrets but it is very long but it was a really fun discussion (laughs) it's a great discussion uh i think we had every possible reaction to the movie i love it everyone else was slightly more muted about about the film i mean i enjoyed it more than i did the first time i watched it i will say that and like there's definitely some aesthetic things about this movie that make it so like just such a feast um just really enjoyable to watch uh <laughs> and you know and not just monica bellucci but definitely <laughs> monica, monica bellucci, bellucci. <laughs> i mean hello uh but yeah so that was a good time uh it's always great when we can guest uh together and be yeah you know the powerhouse that we are <laughs> but you uh were just recently once again on kill by kill I was discussing Alligator, mm-hmm. which is exact. If you've never seen it, it's exactly what you think it is. Um, it's it's a, a very funny episode. About I highly recommend alligator. you guys watch it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, hear me not know the city in which a movie takes place. <laughs> I I always have to look that stuff up. I can never tell sometimes. If it's not spelled out they and make... I'm not familiar with the city, I often yeah. don't know because especially if they mention neighborhoods or something because it's like I guess maybe you, you would know if you knew that city, but it's like I um, that could be a place. Like in, maybe some of the New York neighborhoods just from you yeah. know all the Law and Order we've watched. But... Yeah, those I would yeah. usually like. Oh, this takes place in New York City. But yeah. there have been times where I would swear that something takes place in L.A. and someone from California will be like, that's nowhere near Los Angeles. Like, that's not. Yeah, that's that's New Orleans. or yeah. <laughs> Like, that's Northern California. And it's like, oh, yeah. I thought it was like a suburb. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to live in California, but in the desert. So I don't know where anything was. Yeah. And now I'm very like, I'm always kind of honed into things that take place in Portland. Because I can tell the ones that are actually shot here in Portland and the ones that just have, like, stock footage shot here and then they film in L.A. Like, I can mm-hmm. always tell. If there's but, a palm um, tree, you're going, hey. Yeah. Well, we have palm trees here. We we have palmetto trees, mostly, not palms, but... Yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah, there's a difference. I mean, we are a pretty... It's a pretty temperate climate, despite what people think, that it rains all year. It really doesn't. Um but yeah, you can always tell because the mountains here are green. The mountains in California are brown. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just, you know, little local fact for you. The things that happen in D.C., you can just always tell hmm? if the person who wrote it did it more than just look at Wikipedia, depending yeah. on how long it takes anyone to get from point A to point B. Yeah. If there's a or, lot of like, I'll meet you in 20 minutes. It's like, no, you won't. Let's talk about the fantasy land that is uh, NBC's Hannibal, where you oh go from Baltimore to Minnesota several times a day. <laughs> like, or I nope. think I've mentioned this before, but it was my all-time favorite because a bunch of my friends and I, we were all watching. It was the season two premiere, but I believe uh, Will goes It had something to, to do see- with Wolf Trap, didn't it? Yes. Because uh, Will lived in Wolf Trap, and he went to see Hannibal and said something about how he had left his house half an hour before, and we all went, is mm-hmm. it two in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> Was he flying? Like, <laughs> wolf Trap to Baltimore in half an hour? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Where was everyone else? <laughs> Did you drive on the of- side of the road? I honestly love shit like that. Like, I love I love it when shows do that shit. When they pull that. Like, it's so infuriating, but it's so funny at the same time. Like, the original 90210, the Walsh's came from Wyzetta, Minnesota, which it's pronounced Wyzetta, but in the show they say Wyazada. Because oh. that's how it's spelled. <laughs> Wyazada. No, like... no one bothered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are always good. Uh, yeah. Although I do feel that, I mean, I, I get that for plot point, you have to, I mean, even on an episode of Law and Order, they're going many places in the city of New York in a day. Oh, my God. They're in City Island, like, 30 minutes after leaving the the precinct? Like, I don't think so. 
They're like, well, we got to go to the Bronx. I will see you in 10 minutes. Like, what? What? No, you'll, you'll see what? me in two hours. More and I get that they have to, you know, you, you, you have to condense that because otherwise yeah. we don't want to see this a lot of mass transit or right. driving around. But it is still very funny when <laughs> someone will be like, oh, and then I got a cab. I think one that I was watching an old movie and someone got a cab and they were in the tidal basin. And I was like. You got a cab in the tidal basin? I've never seen a cab in the tidal <laughs> basin. Like, you could never find one. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, to be in 1952 or whenever this was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Dune has been back on HBO. Yeah, it's so back on HBO. I hope people's... everyone's been watching it. Yeah, give it a watch. Uh, I don't think he's caught up on listening, but shout out to my cousin who has been like rewatching it a lot and telling me every time peace to that thank you friend Um, yeah he's also been rereading dune so Mm -hmm. props to you i also want to give a quick shout out to uh my friend ronnie who has been has like watched the the new version of dune and is just now watching the lynch one uh for the first time and um, yeah, I was, we were just talking about it before we started recording. And I was like, you know, there's something to love about both of them. Like, even though the newer one definitely like follows the events of the book a little mm-hmm. more faithfully, the the Lynch version definitely manages to sort of encapsulate the weirdness of Dune. Yes. Like the feeling that you get reading it because it's like I said, like, well, like we always say is very weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shout out Ronnie. Uh, keep watching. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. He said, he said the, um, the Harkonnens are extremely gross in the yep, Lynch version. Yep, I'm like, yep, Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I will say that Lynch Getty prime is not anywhere. I would ever be near. Oh God, no! Like I, I'm not loving the 2021 version of Getty Prime. Like, I mean, it looks great for what it is, but like, I don't want to be there. No, they'll give you a yeah. little rain bonnet, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Salusa. But I mean, he had to bring it from Getty Prime. That's true. That's true. Like he got assigned it on Getty Prime. He had to pack his <laughs> little suitcase. Yeah, it's not like they hand them out when you land on Getty Prime. I'm welcome. Here's your oh. Piter's suitcase, and it's horrifying. It's just like yeah. a rain bonnet <laughs> and like Dexter esque like stainless steel <laughs> tools, right? In like a roll. Yeah, like, like oh. Hannibal and, and his custom like custom made plastic oversuit. <laughs> yeah, where did he get that made? Just really, I mean, you know, he made it himself. He did. Just yeah, really on did. a Hannibal like thing today. I guess. <laughs> hey, everyone, watch Hannibal, please. It's real it good. Was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> we love Mass. Mm, uh, yeah, we love him around here. Great, great yeah, family. I'm. I but might even watch that Fantastic Beast movie just because he's in it. Like. I had I watched the first one and I fell asleep in the theater watching it, so I definitely didn't watch the second one. But this last I, one, 
I might. I saw the first one like eventually when it came on HBO or something, but having already had it ruined for me because my mom was watching it and she texted me <laughs> that she was watching it and I was just like, oh, okay, you know, because like I hadn't seen it. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And my mom was watching this. Yeah. And then <laughs> she just texted me like two hours later and was like, ah, I like Colin Farrell. Why is he Johnny Depp now? And I'm like, well, I don't know, mom. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. It's just such a horrible reveal and such a... Ugh. I was unaware that that happened. And now I know. So, surprise. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I do do love Mass Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a fan of Lars Mickelson. Shout out to both of them. Let's give them both credit. Yeah. Yeah. He was on Sherlock, if you don't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, but uh, I I did watch Sherlock, even though I'm not a fan of it. Nor I did am I. Watch it. <laughs> but since someone I know that there's someone listening to this right now who's going Megan, I will be honest and say that I am a fan of Lars Mikkelsen because on the cartoon Rebels he voices Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, very well. How how are we gonna work Thrawn into this episode? I can do it. It's name that tune. I can do it in six notes. <laughs> I will make it happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually wearing I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt, but it doesn't have Thrawn on it. It just uh, has Grogu because that's I'm also basic. So. Well, I mean, no judgment here. <laughs> when my mom was visiting recently, I would literally just call her attention and just point to something Grogu at my house. <laughs> just kidding. I'd be like, "Hey, mom." <laughs> <laughs> My mom was uh, very confused and perplexed by the number, the amount of uh, boobs in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a lot of nudes and, you know, like, you know, pin up nudes with of ladies that have uh, hostess cupcakes for heads or Twinkies. Um, That's just my kind of art, man. (laughs) <laughs> and my mom was like is there something you want to tell me i was like i don't know mom i like titties i why why are moms always there's always the do you have something you want to tell me and it's like well what do you think it could be like what yeah. do you think this could mm-hmm. be <laughs> i admire the female form mom <laughs> yeah we have a, a tapestry of the uh the star tarot card and yeah the lady in that is nude and i was on yeah, the phone with titties. my mom once and she was like is that a naked lady on the wall behind you it's like yes it's a naked <laughs> lady and <laughs> yeah your point considering the books that they left out that we were just allowed oh, to read like y- it's awfully bold of you to judge my decor <laughs> Considering like I... I read Fear of Flying when I was like 11 years old. So many romance novels that I would just like sneak yeah. into my room because I'd find them. And... I mean, I was way too young to have picked up Story of O when I did, oh, but I read no. it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Because we just had it laying around the house. Yeah, you know, that's always you know that now having a kid i have these moments where i'm just like oh i hope you just are like oh what's this dune book about <laughs> you know, most of my romance yeah. novels are either on my kindle or are on a high up shelf so for the yeah. moment she's not really like gonna 
and she also can't read, so that helps. Still, that helps. That definitely helps. But there are so, moments. All, another reason why audiobooks are really not an option for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That every so often I have to, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, because she usually just sort of doesn't want to listen to that, so she'll just, like, mm-hmm. ignore it. Tunes but it out. occasionally there will be, like, some phrase that she'll be like what was i'm like you know what never mind (laughs) i also cannot re-listen to anything that i am on because if she hears me she'll go mommy why are you talk why are you listening to yourself talking it's like oh (laughs) busted damn ice cold (laughs) because kid i need validation okay (laughs) i'm not getting it from you you're making my friends laugh I want to hear it. I want to make sure I that's don't really like cute, though. Hit. I'm not gonna lie; that's adorable. Oh my god! <laughs> At the time she was just like, ah, I don't know why you're listening to yourself. This seems kind of weird. So let's move on from that. <laughs> I I certainly never listen to myself on pod. That is a lie. I oh. do. I listen to our show all the time. So uh, mostly yeah. to say like, stop interrupting, Megan. <laughs> Anyway, well, th- this is a good place to wrap things yes. up, I think. <laughs> uh, as always, you can find us over at thespool.net, where Megan and I both write about television, sometimes film, mostly television. And uh, you can find us on Instagram or on Twitter at Weirding Podcast or Weirding Pod, I believe, on Twitter. Find us there. Uh, we do tweet occasionally, and uh, yeah, we have a uh, T Public store. You can find us there. We've got great shirts. We have mm-hmm. a wonderful uh, sort of uh, "Don't Tread on Me" take with the sandworm deli- designed by the wonderful Felipe Sabrero. Um, that is, you know, Dune themed. It's awesome. So check that out. Anything to add, Megan? I know that about covers it, but okay. uh, yeah, we're well, back. We're back, baby. <laughs> Until next time, everyone, be nice and take, take your, your spice. spice. Bye. <laughs> Just more and more enthusiastic goodbyes <laughs> every week. <laughs>